As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. The 21-year-old defender Josko Gvardiol is a young man in very high demand. Described as the best centre-back in the world by his international manager, during Croatia's run to the World Cup semi-finals, the RB Leipzig mask defender is firmly in the sights of football's European giant. So, who is leading the race for his signature this summer? Who needs him most? And just how good is he? I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Athletic Football Podcast. In Leipzig, they've been calling him the Erling Haaland of centre-backs, and I think they've got a generational talent on their hands. I think that Brownlee hasn't paid those kind of fees for a defender ever in their history. Realistically, how many players could they sign? When we spoke to Biscan last year, he thought a move to the Premier League would be too early for Guardiola right now. Messi held up by Guardiola. Messi away from Guardiola. These two, these two players are, are going to be the most talked about or two of the most talked about for, for this summer window, for sure. So with us for this one, the Athletics Chelsea correspondent Simon Johnson and Paul Ballas, who covers La Liga and Barcelona and has also covered Manchester City for us. Uh, before we talk to them both and really get into the race to sign him, let's just get a little context on this from our own Nick Miller. If you cast your minds back to the World Cup, which admittedly feels like about a billion years ago now, you might remember Croatia's journey to the semi-finals. Or you might not, because it actually wasn't that memorable. They were only in the lead for 46 minutes in the five games up to that point which they were able to get over because in those five games they only conceded three goals. And a big part of why their defence was so good was Josko Gvardiol. If Croatia coach Zlatko Dalic was trying to calm things down and temper the hype, he didn't do a particularly good job when he said, Josko Gvardiol is the best centre-back in the world. To play this maturely, it's amazing. Gvardiol's rise was rapid. He hadn't made a senior professional appearance when Croatia played their previous semi-final in 2018. But after making his debut for Dinamo Zagreb as a 17-year-old, he was rapidly snapped up by RB Leipzig in 2020. 
And even from that early age, he seemed to be perfectly formed. He's the sort of player that you suspect that big clubs could grow in a lab. The perfect modern defender, big, strong, comfortable on the ball. Igor Bishkan, who is the Croatia under-21s coach and who called up Gvardiol to his squad at a young age, said last year, no matter the moment he plays with such composure, it's very rare to find someone like that. There are obviously still a few flaws in his game. He does have the tendency to go in hard and quickly, which when it comes off looks decisive and proactive, but when it doesn't, can appear reckless. When we spoke to Biscan last year, he thought a move to the Premier League would be too early for Gvardiol right now. He thinks he could do with another year or so in the Bundesliga before he moves to the very top. But that timescale may be accelerated. Gvardiol could be playing for a big team near you very soon. So the Athletic is reporting then this morning, that's Tuesday morning when we're recording this, that Real Madrid, Chelsea and Manchester City are leading this race. Will that come as a surprise, Simon, to Chelsea, who may have thought they already had this deal done? Oh, I don't think it would come as a surprise to them in the, in the sense that they know that Gvardiol is, is highly coveted by the biggest clubs in, in Europe. I think it'll come perhaps as a surprise to Chelsea fans thinking, why are they still in for this guy in the centre-back is hardly um, a, a position they're struggling for. In fact, they're struggling to, to fit the ones they've got already in the side. But Do they see him as a centre-forward, Simon? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> big big roll, man up front, roll, there we are. Roll the dice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It worked. It worked for Chris. Oh no, it didn't actually. <laughs> uh, Chelsea. Anyhow. Yes. Continue. Yes. Uh, so, suddenly, suddenly, I'm thinking. Yeah, perhaps Mark's on something. Uh, <laughs> hey, Wesley Fofana scored a. You know, the centre backs from set pieces doing quite well this season. But, but no. Um, Ch- Chelsea's interest may come as a surprise um, that they're still sort of thinking about him because they've got so many players back there, but. They're going to think about selling players this summer, and you cannot ignore a player of this quality, a guy that they came very close to signing last summer. Um, they put it up on hold, looked at it again in January. Perhaps they're sort of feeling some sense of regret that they didn't get the deal done last summer before the World Cup, where, of course, Guardiola absolutely shone. Nothing, nothing will surprise me anymore with these new owners because... One thing, you can label many things at them, but a lack of ambition and a lack of um, intent in the transfer market is not one of them. Just just before we bring Paul in and talk about other clubs as well, but one of the reasons that this was assumed to have been not far off a done deal is because um, one of Chelsea's many recruitment experts, you can give them whichever job title you want, has has Red Bull links. Yes, yes, the, yes. this is this is the sort of background in play. Yeah, Christopher Vanell, of course, um, is, is now part of the, the Chelsea's new management structure. Uh, and of course, it's not just about Vanell, actually. The, the two clubs have, have done a number of deals together. Of course, they've already got a, a deal lined up for Nkunku, Christopher Nkunku, that will be completed this summer. But of course, Timo Werner has, has gone back and forth um, over the last couple of years. So there's a strong bond between the two clubs. But as as was shown last summer, that doesn't necessarily mean that a transfer is straightforward. Um, Chelsea went back to RB Leipzig on, on three occasions and, and got a bit frustrated that the goalposts kept moving in terms of what they were asking for. 
But like I said, perhaps they're regretting that they didn't actually uh, uh, just go ahead and get the deal done because he's he's worth more than perhaps RB Leipzig were asking for at the time. We've established with Simon that Chelsea have 27 centre-halves already, so <laughs> why would they need another one? Manchester City have four, Paul, if we look at this yeah. from, a, from a City perspective. But there are, there are certainly thoughts and rumours that, maybe one or two of them may move on. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have five, actually, with Akanji. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Um, now, Nathan Ake can be deemed as a left-back for someone because um, he's operating more as a full-back ra- rather than a centre-back. But yeah, yeah, I think that it's something that is not just rumours. It's like inside City as well. They know that there are some of those centre-backs that are linked to a move and uh, they probably would like a move. Uh, and City have had this approach of like, right, if you don't want to stay here, feel free to go, but you have to bring us an offer. And I think that Josco Guardiol, it's like the backup plan, not the uh, option B, but the option just to fulfill the gap that any potential departure is going to leave. Um, now that you mentioned that about the five centre-backs, I can, I can re- remember now last summer, and now that we have Simon here uh, as well, when Nathan Ake was linked to a move to Chelsea, mm. um, which was like a big moment in the, in, the, in the transfer market, it all looked like Nathan Ake was going to leave to Chelsea. The name that City had at the top of their list and Chiqui Begristein was really obsessed with was Josco Guardiol. So the love from Man City to Josco Guardiol is not something new. Uh, it's something that, that's been coming for the last... I think I've heard that name at City for the last two years and a half, something like that. So I would expect City to um, keep an eye on them, uh, on him. But as you were saying, uh, I think it's uh, like a must just to have some player leave, basically, because you cannot have 28 centre-backs in, in your squad. Um, <laughs> uh, even more if, if like, they are like high standard centre-backs, just as Josco Guardiola and, and, and the other ones that City have. But, but to tie this in with, with Spain... Is the is the main rumor, or with Spanish clubs, is the main rumor that Emmerich Laporte might want might want to move to Spain? I think that the main rumor is that Emmerich Laporte would appeal a move out, right? Uh, because he he has been a name that has been linked with that situation for the last two seasons. I've said so. It, it wouldn't come as a surprise. The thing is, Laporte has contract until two thousand twenty-five, if I'm not wrong. So he cannot live for free. He has to bring an, an offer to the table. Uh, City has to assess it and City has to let him go. And he has to find like a project that he appeals to go, right? Um, so that's not going to be like an easy jigsaw. But um, I think it's in a scenario where all the parts could see things moving uh, too. Um, so, yeah, as I was saying, what, when it happens, I think that City is a club that wants to have like uh, their homework done before uh, it happens. Um, so that will be the case, I think. Okay, he he is still, of course, a uh, uh, an RB Leipzig player. He signed a new deal that's actually supposed to keep him in Germany until 2027. So let's get the RB perspective on all of this. Here's Raf. Joshko Guardiol has been in superb form, not just since the World Cup, but of course also going into that competition, I think people have woken up to his talent. In Leipzig, they've been calling him 
the Erling Haaland of centre-backs. And I think they've got a generational talent on their hands, which explains their intransigence when it comes to not selling him. He's got a release clause, but it's huge. And it only kicks in next summer, not this one, which means that there might be some attempts to get him for less than 100 million or so. But Leipzig feel that they might have just done enough to price him out of the market. At least for most sides, he'll be a little bit too dear. As far as Bayern are concerned, well, they don't really need more centre-backs. They've got Lucas Hernandez come back, coming back. Matthias de Ligt is doing well. Opamecano is doing well. Benjamin Pavard will probably sign an extension. So that is four. So no real need on their behalf to go and raid Leipzig once again. So the fee, the fee will be really interesting here, Simon. If you, if you go back to last summer, Chelsea thought, they get him for around what sixty million pounds, seventy million euros, something like that. Yeah, well, there were there were three offers, um, or certainly three sort of um, prices that were discussed, um, only for Chelsea to pull out. But the the question is, of course, there's this release clause that kicks in two thousand twenty four, as, as Raf explains, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of the the Erling Haaland situation where where Chelsea made a play for Haaland a year before his sort of release clause kicked in, in, in the sort of thinking, well, it's now or never. And, and that's why I sort of think there's still a possibility that Chelsea go back in for him. Because the thing you have to remember, Mark, is that Thiago Silva signed a one-year extension, but he is human. Well, I think he is. And, <laughs> and age surely, surely has to be a fact at some point and he will need replacing long-term. Then, of course, there's the there's the big temptation for the owners to raise money by selling academy players so uh, because it would count as pure profit. So that brings in the likes of Trevor Chalobah, even though he signed a, a long-term deal recently. Then, of course, there's Levi Colwell, who I know they, they rate very highly placed in the same position as Cavalier. And there's, 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 there is an intention to give him a new deal, but you can imagine if a big offer comes in for him, that, that that maybe they'll consider it, um, and of course, well, he he, plays... mu- he must be wondering why he would stay. Surely, We're, I mean, with with virtually every other centre half in Europe arriving at the club, <laughs> he must. I mean, look, he's a great player, and I'm sure he backs his own ability. But yes, it, it doesn't feel like a ringing endorsement in him from the club at the moment, does it? Well, well, I think I think the signing of Benoit Badishil certainly sent a, a strong message because he's a player that's only just a year or two older than Colwell and plays in the same position. Uh, and he's actually got off to a very good start to his Chelsea career. One of the one of the few signings, new signings that's been made in the last two windows that has just walked in and, and, and looked at home straight away. So that is going to send a bit of a message to Colwell. But at the same time, you know, he, he has sort of grown up as a as a Chelsea player and he, and he is quite a call to leave that club I think he backs himself to make an impact he, he needs to sort out you know he needs to play a bit more consistently for Bryson because injury hasn't helped him recently but but you can see why Chelsea might still consider Cavalier even though it looks on paper like they've got loads of centre-backs to choose for already and never have I asked one man the same question so many times in one season which is how they're affording this one <laughs> <laughs> but presumably you've already partly answered that with the sale of young players. Yes, there is going to be a big clear out this summer. Um, there needs to be anyway. Uh, there's a senior squad of over 30 players 
um, which has been a challenge. One of the many challenges growing Potter's base this, this season. Um, but yes, they will be selling players. Um, now, of course, the problem is if clubs know you're going to sell, it, it doesn't give you the strongest bargaining position. But this is where um, the the sort of academy players, um, certainly from what I'm hearing, there is a there's a genuine fear that within the club that that some of these English guys are going to be the ones that make way because they've still got many years left on their contract and they count as pure profit and, and they will raise quite a lot of money. But you're also looking at players like Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, etc., that that could be on their way. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Hello there, I'm Danny Kelly, the host of the Athletics Tottenham Hotspur podcast, The View from the Lane. Spurs may have managed to comfortably beat Nottingham Forest over the weekend, but don't put your popcorn away yet, folks. The drama is aplenty in North 17. Results have been patchy, and many fans have made up their minds that Antonio Conte needs to go. So why hasn't he been sacked yet? And if he did go, who would Spurs bring in? Our expert panel of Jack Pitbrook and James Moore come up with all the answers. So why don't you join us? Search for The View From The Lane on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. There will also be people listening, Paul, who will go, well, given the state of City and the various challenges and allegations that have been brought against them, how are they going to operate in a summer transfer market? Yeah, basically, I guess that until charges are not converted, like in the final sentence, they are going to keep going, basically. Um, And sources at the club, they keep... I don't know if optimistic is the word, but they are confident in how they have operated it in the past. So they believe that they will be able just to keep going in the same way. So basically, um, I guess that Gordiol is going to fit on that plans um, in the same regard that he could have done like in the in the previous summers. And when we look at that fee, then does that mean, do you think, Paul, that he can only go to a if he mo- if he moves, he can only go to a Premier League club that he would be out out of the reach of, of of both Barcelona and Real Madrid? Well, well Barcelona, I, I don't think that, that they can even buy like a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think that Real Madrid's policy, I mean, for what we are hearing, for what they are saying from the club, it's not a battle that they want to be in for. Um, I don't see them paying like a huge money fee for a centre-back. Um, they are kind of not blaming, but yeah, pointing all the time to like these English clubs that play like in a different league, in a different competition in terms of like financial terms, um, that they don't want to be dragged into this. Um, they've said that all along with, with Jude Bellingham, and I don't see anything different with Josco Guardiol. I think it's going to be the same story. 
Um, it doesn't mean that Real Madrid doesn't keep an eye on him because I think that from the club they are going to make the right movement just to speak to certain people, just to know uh, what's the temperature on the player's scam if he would ever consider like a Real Madrid move. Because when you get that, I get I think that it's easier to make things happen when you get like the um, a straight desire from from the player. Uh, but yeah, just for for what we've heard all along, like from all sides. I think that, that the Premier League is the most likely destination, basically. Um, I think that Josco Guardiola at some point is going to end up playing here because it's what he wants, uh, for what we've heard and what we've read from quotes from him. Are they, are they in a situation, Real Madrid, at the moment, where, where it could only be one big name this summer? And that, I mean, there are so many hypotheticals in this question, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. But if both Guardiola and Bellingham indicated that if they were to move this summer, the place they would want to go is Real Madrid. That would be a real dilemma for the club. But there was also like a point with Mbappe and Haaland that some sources from, from Real Madrid didn't dismiss the option of going for both of them. So you never know that. You you never know if when they play the card of saying, yeah, we don't play in the same league than the English clubs, if they're just like posing or just faking it, or they really mean it. Um from, from my point of view, um, I think that the most likely outcome is just to see one of them uh, going to Real Madrid. I think that Real Madrid hasn't paid those kind of fees for a defender ever in their history. Uh, Florentino Perez and the club, they believe that the main guys are, are up front and the guys who sell the t-shirts are up front. Um, and probably they are the ones that are worth it, like world uh, record fees, basically. Um, but let's see what happens. I mean, you cannot dismiss any option. And as you were saying, there are a lot of hypotheticals here. But yeah, uh, I I don't see both of them going to Real Madrid. Do Chelsea believe, Simon, as you understand it, that um, it's a straight fight between them and City? No, I, I don't think there is um, as confident as that, that it's just a... a a two-horse race. Um, the other. Do they thing think that, there are other Premier League clubs that would sniff around? Yes, I, I think I think we have to we have to sort of put Liverpool in the conversation. Although, of course, Liverpool you also have to throw them in the conversation for Jude Bellingham. It, it these two these two players are are going to be the most talked about or two of the most talked about for for this summer window for sure, and and everyone knows why. I mean, they were the two two of the most outstanding young players at the World Cup. The other question about Chelsea is they've got so many other key positions they have to worry about. Um, they're looking for a, a new goalkeeper. Of course, they're looking for another centre-forward because that's that's Chelsea and, and it's been shown this season. Goals have been hard to come by. Possibly another midfielder. Um, so you can, you can also sort of see that entering the equation of, well, if they do go for this guy... How is that going to have a knock-on effect on on their other targets? So, it, it's nothing surprising. And obviously, yeah, it on. depends. It depends on their fee, and it it <laughs> uh, um and it depends who's available, I suppose. Yeah. But how realistically, how many players could they sign this summer to still fit within all the rules? Because obviously, they can't do the eight-year contracts this summer. No. No, UEFA have um, have clamped down on the sort of being able to amortise the, the fee over more than five years. Uh, a, a loophole that Chelsea have um, exploited very well. You have to say it was 
people will, will argue that whether it was smart business or not, but you can understand the logic behind it. Um, from, from what I'm hearing, they're looking at only making sort of three, four signings backs. It's not going to be sort of like the, the kind of crazy, it may even be less than that. Um, it's not going to be the crazy transfer windows that we saw in, in last summer in, in January. But that doesn't mean that the spending will be low. Um, they, they, they can still go out and, in their eyes, they can still go out and spend a significant sum. And that's why they're thinking of doing Gavardio this summer rather than next year. But but you, three or four players at the level that you are talking about, I mean, you could t- be talking £200 million plus. And that, well, you, should, you probably are talking £200 million plus, aren't yeah, you? Again? Yes, 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 for sure. Um, unfortunately, I'm not their accountant, Mark. I'd love to tell you how they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, but... But I think I, I do think they will, and I'm I'm fairly confident they will raise significant sums this time. They, they haven't done that so far um, in terms of being outgoings, and I think that will be the difference this time around. I wonder, as a final uh, point on all of this, whether what happens in the Champions League this season affects Guardiola in particular. But maybe any any more of the, you know, we always look at the race for the top four in England, don't we? And whether that will attract, whether that affects attracting players or not. But I wonder when you're talking absolutely elite, elite here, whether what happens in this year's Champions League will affect any decisions, or or whether or whether Guardiola, a bit like Bellingham, will be a bit more big picture, Paul. It's going to depend, like, basically on the players. If they said they are on, like, the move of their lives, looking for a long-term project. Or, yeah, on the other hand, I think it's fair to say that next season we are possibly not going to see Liverpool on the Champions League. That's a possibility. Uh, that's a possibility with Chelsea, too. I don't know if Guardiola and Bellingham are, are players that are going to prioritise Champions League or are going to pr- prioritise being in a club that they feel that it's good for them. It's going to be a key issue. Um, I think I think that most of the elite players, they are going to want to be in the Champions League and that the Champions League is going to be a key factor. Um, that's why Real Madrid is still not out of the picture for Jude Bellingham. That's why Real Madrid, you cannot dismiss them for Josco Guardiola because they will offer always the Champions League route and possibly in one of the biggest contenders that the competition will ever have. Um, so that's something that Real Madrid is like playing on in their cards um, and I think that yeah uh, it's something that Liverpool and Chelsea will have to overcome um, for for this summer for sure unless Chelsea win the Champions League of course Simon it it, it, <laughs> it has been known that, that, that their best chance with the Champions League is doing rubbish in the Premier League it's, it's their cunning plan um, but no you'd have to say it's it's more unlikely than likely this season Um and they will be at a disadvantage if they're out of the Champions League for sure. But one thing that is that has become clear out of all the signings they've made is that they make a very convincing pitch to the players. They talk about this huge project, this ambitious project, and they win over players that way because they, they are sort of talking long-term and they're incredibly ambitious plans for the club, and, and that, that does help. But, you know, when you're talking about, as Paul says, sort of these great players... It's going to be quite hard to convince them, oh, this is just a one-year sabbatical, as it were, away from the Champions League. So please put your Champions League ambitions on hold for a year and, and be patient with us. That That's always a tough sell. 
Thank you, Simon and Paul, and also Raf and Nick Miller earlier on. To enjoy the big Gladiol read in full, just subscribe today. Uh, for £1.99 a month, for a year, at theathletic.com slash footballpod. And you can hear more from Simon on The Athletic's dedicated Chelsea podcast. That's straight out of Cobham. Thanks for listening. We'll have another episode for you tomorrow. The Athletic. <laughs>